0: I think it pays off the little bit of effort you put into building relationships, even when you have a very small readership, pays off in the long run because those become your really loyal readers and your friends.
1: Welcome to Star the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is someone brand new to the show that's never been on before. No, I'm just kidding. It's Jody Mayberry from parkleaders.com. Hey, Jody.
2: Hey, Jared. I'm like that neighborhood kid that won't get out of your yard. (laughs) You're always invited, man. Me yard, sue
1: yard, right? But hey, let's not talk about yards. Let's talk about our guest today. We have an awesome guest. Her name is Sarah McKenzie. Sarah is a writer, blogger, podcaster, smitten wife, and homeschooling mama of six. Sarah is the author of Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace. Her website, Amongst Lovely Things, provides conversation and encouragement for the cultivated mama. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome, Sarah.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Jared. It is a total treat to be here.
1: So, Sarah, it's not your first rodeo. You know this is coming. What is the best concert that you have ever been to?
0: <laughs> New Kids on the Block, Tacoma, oh 1995. <laughs> wow. Can we still be friends?
1: I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I, <that's>, uh, <laughs> I know a little bit about New Kids on the Block. What about you, Jody? I don't know much about them, no. <laughs>
0: I might render you both speechless with that one, but I'll tell you what, I haven't been to a lot of concerts and I think not in my adult life, not since I was a kid. And I think it's because we have so much noise happening in our house all day, every day that the thought of going somewhere loud, just doesn't appeal much.
1: I get it. Yeah. I mean, Jody's a parent, I'm a parent, and you're obviously a parent, which we'll talk about. So that, yeah, we understand that. All right, I tell you what, let's go into true or false. Jody, you want to kick us off?
2: Yes, Sarah, I will give you a true or false question. You tell us true or false, and then a little bit about it. True or false, you have a daughter named Primrose.
0: Is there a third option? <laughs> false. <laughs> my kids all go by screen names on the blog. That was one of the agreements I had to make with my husband when I first launched the blog. And he was not super excited. You know, this is before Facebook and stuff. Well, before all that kind of really took off. So it was a little bit more unusual than it is now to be writing about family life online for anybody to read. And so we started with screen names for the kids and we called our, actually, I named them all after flowers, which is kind of cheesy and hokey. I wish I hadn't done that, but. That's just kind of stuck. So that's what we call them on the blog. And occasionally I may fall into the habit of calling them that in real life, but I won't admit to that on air. So,
1: (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So let's stick with true or false. True or false, homeschooling is about relationships.
0: True, true, absolutely true. So that's the big message that I am embracing myself. And I think that a lot of homeschooling moms, we get so distracted by all the pressures of being not only mom, but head teacher. And so I think it's so helpful for us to remember the real reason we got into the whole gig in the first place. And it's really all about relationship.
2: Well said. Sarah, here is a fill in the blank. I will start a sentence and then you can finish it out. You and I met in Spokane and not everybody has the privilege to have visited Spokane yet. So if you ever visit Spokane, you should... Go to
0: Green Bluff. Do you go to Green Bluff, Jody?
2: Yes, I've been there a few times.
0: Okay, Green Bluff is this collection of farms that we have here. It is just a treasure. And, you know, a lot of people I know here in town don't head there. It's crazy. So it's up on the bluff, obviously. There's, I don't know, maybe 35 farms. They grow everything, you know, apple orchards, peaches, cherries, flowers, pumpkins, Christmas trees, you name it, they grow it. And it's our family's very favorite thing to
1: do. That sounds like heaven. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So, Sarah, we want to know, because you do have a household there, you have a house full of children. How many kids does it take to empty a dishwasher?
0: <laughs> Four, at least at one time, especially if three of them are two and under.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> You've been
0: haunting my Instagram.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Well, let's stick with parenting and kids. What should you do if you hear a kid yell from the other room, there is poop on the floor and the twins are eating it.
0: I, I cannot believe you found
1: that.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait yeah, inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> you
0: should post it on social media, of course. Yeah,
1: clearly, <laughs> yeah. that's number one.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Things don't really shock me anymore too terribly much. You know, six kids down the road, but the twins are the youngest and they are throwing me for a whole new loop. I'm having, I'm, you know, yeah, it's a whole new ball of wax with these guys. <laughs>
1: All right, Sarah. So one of my favorite things to do, I have a daughter, she's three, and I just love reading to her at night. We read before she goes to bed. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the benefits of reading out loud to kids.
0: Oh, there are so many. And this has really become my heart and my passion because it is, I think it's fairly common for parents to want to read aloud to their really young kids and to do it a little bit here and there but I don't think in general that we do it nearly often enough. And I think we also tend to stop reading aloud when our kids get old enough to read to themselves. So this is why I started the Read Aloud Revival podcast. And the benefits are just too numerous to name really quick all in a list, but I can really quickly say, forming happy family memories and creating strong relationships encountering big ideas that are bigger than anything that you'll really encounter maybe in the day-to-day ordinary family life and being able to just meet new characters and the challenges that these characters encounter during the stories and work through those together it's just really it's the heart of it is about building relationships again go back to relationships but of course aside from that the research is just amazing that points toward the academic benefits of reading aloud to your children. I mean, it's really, I had a podcast interview with Dr. Catherine Pakalik from Ave Maria University. She's actually a professor of economics and she came on the show to talk about really the differences in test scores. So just really basic academic, you know, the really basic academic advantage that the simple act of reading aloud to your kids every day gives your kids.
2: It's amazing. Sarah, can you tell us about the Read Aloud Revival podcast?
0: Absolutely. So this has become a huge passion of mine, something I've really gotten excited about. Andrew Puttaweff from the Institute for Excellence in Writing first kind of stirred my heart about this when he was talking about the massive benefits that reading aloud has on a child's ability to write and to think. And so I started doing some more research and really started re- reading aloud to my children quite a bit. And the more I read and the more I read aloud to my kids, I saw that there were so many fantastic benefits alongside just academic benefits, which research has really stood by. The building of relationships is really amazing, and the ability to sort of encounter characters and stories and these big ideas in books alongside our kids cultivate some really fantastic conversations. So, I started the Read Aloud Revival podcast as a way to encourage families to read aloud as much as possible to their kids and to build up this family culture around books. And it's been something that's taken off pretty quickly and I'm really excited about where we're going with it.
1: So, you listen to podcasts, Sarah, and I know Jody and I, we listen to podcasts, and you can learn a ton from listening to podcasts, but you can also learn from hosting a podcast. You are a podcast host, Sarah, with the Read Aloud Revival. So, what have you learned hosting your podcast that you may not have learned from just simply listening to podcasts? Oh,
0: that's a really good question. I think the art of asking interesting questions is very difficult. And man, Jared, you're like the master of interesting questions, but it's so easy to ask the same questions of a guest everybody else has asked them already. And so I realized this in the first few episodes, I thought, you know, if I want these to be add value in a new way, I'm going to have to really listen carefully so I can ask a question that hasn't been asked before to put a spin on it that hasn't been, you know, turn a stone over, basically, that hasn't been turned over yet so that we can, you know, make this really a highly valuable podcast. That's probably been the biggest challenge along with the biggest lesson I've learned in podcasting is how to become a good interviewer. And I've got a long way to go, I
1: think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, asking questions about new kids on the block is a great way to build
2: relationships. (laughs) I think that's clear. (laughs) Sarah, school started recently, especially out here in Washington State, where we start a little later. What would you say to a homeschooling mother who has seen the flood of back-to-school photos streaming in on social media, and they begin to feel like maybe they're making a mistake?
0: I would say exactly what Jeff Goins tells all of us who are trying to write and do anything in online business, which is do it afraid. And, you know, it's so interesting about the same time that we started our school year, I was attending one of Jeff Goyne's webinars and that's something that he said. He said, we've all just got to do this afraid. I know you're scared. I know this is pushing you outside your comfort zone. Writing is what he was talking about, of course. But we've got to do it afraid. And I thought that's exactly what we feel like as homeschoolers every September I experienced this overwhelming sense of doubt of, you know, should we be homeschooling? Am I ruining my kids? Would it be better off for everybody if they were in school? And all the big ideals and grand visions I have, they sort of wobble a little bit. And once I kind of push through that and we just do it afraid and we start in and start reading and learning together and building up that culture again, it's a good thing, but man, it's a hard thing to push through that back to school doubt.
1: No doubt. Well, Sarah, I love that you said do it afraid. And I know you heard that from Jeff. And this show obviously is called Starve the Doubts. So there are people who are listening who aren't necessarily going to relate to homeschooling, but maybe they're on the verge of doing something big. It could be launching a podcast or writing a book, but they're afraid it won't work out. Outside of just doing it afraid, what else would you say to that person?
0: I would say just start and see what happens. Because I'll tell you what, I was blogging for Several years, just as a hobby blog, and it was fun. I loved it. I was pretty consistent with it, just because I loved it so much. But it wasn't until November of last year, so 2013, when I really started being more intentional. And I didn't really know where it was going to go. I didn't have any reason to believe that I would have any success with it. But I just started to see what would happen, and the little successes I feel like gave me enough confidence to try another thing, and then that would give you know the little success by little success that kind of builds up your confidence and helps you realize it's opened up a whole new world for me. So for anybody who's kind of working through some doubt for a big goal they're trying to tackle or a dream that they're wanting to start to take baby steps toward, I would say just take it, take a baby step. And then the little boost of energy you get from that will help you take the next baby step.
1: Sarah, what are some of the big things that are coming up for you?
0: Oh, goodness. The biggest thing on my radar is my ebook, which I put out this May, has been picked up by Classical Academic Press. So we're publishing. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited about that. We're publishing that as a print book in, oh, I think February of 2015. That's the goal. And corresponding with that, I have joined their consulting and speaking team. So I'll be heading around the country in the spring to homeschool conferences, speaking to homeschooling moms, encouraging them. And that's a whole new world for me. So that's the biggest thing.
1: (laughs) Jody, I got to ask this. So Sarah, there's got to be the mother who's listening to this, who's thinking, my goodness, you have so many children and you're writing a book and you're going to be traveling around speaking. So how is that possible, Sarah?
0: Well, first, I have a lot of support from my husband. So I am able to carve out some time for these kinds of projects in the early morning hours is when I'm really consistent. And then on the weekends when my husband loves to take over with the kids and find out what the crazy is all about when he's on his own, you know? So I haven't done any traveling yet. This is going to be a new thing for us. So we're trying to kind of figure out the best way to organize our life so that it will work for me to do little bits of Mm -hmm. traveling at a time without it having a negative impact on the family. But what I've really found is that Writing and speaking and podcasting has given me so much energy. It's amazing how I just feel like, wow, I really found something that I was made to do. And so my husband's seen that. And I think as we watch how that energy, well, I guess the short way to say it is that I think podcasting and blogging and writing has made me a better mother because it gives me energy and it gives me inspiration and it feeds into my strengths. So that's kind of, you know, you make time for the things
1: that give you energy. Yeah, clearly. That's cool.
2: Yeah. Well, you're going to speak about homeschooling. So what would you say the difference between teaching preschool and teaching homeschool is?
0: Oh, wow. I think, first of all, the pressure from the general culture or from your own self, I mean, it doesn't actually have to be the general culture, just, you know, the expectations. You can be teaching your preschooler at home. And for the most part, if you don't get around to it that day, it's just not that big of a deal because, you know, you can pick up the ABCs or colors the next day. But when you're teaching a seventh grader or a high schooler, I haven't done high school yet, but I'm assuming that the high school parents feel this even more acutely. It's that pressure of, I can't mess this up. I have to make sure I'm doing this right for my child's sake. And so I think the biggest difference is just the external pressure, whether that's pressure from ourselves or from others.
1: (laughs) All right, Sarah, the next part of this show, this is a special segment just for you. (laughs) For anyone who's listening right now, go ahead and open up Twitter and type in the hashtag good parenting. All right. You're going to tweet this to Sarah and Jody and myself. All right. So the question is, you have six kids. If one of them was locked in the pantry, how long would it take you to notice? (laughs) Oh
0: my goodness. Do I have to admit this on air? It depends on which child.
1: (laughs) Hashtag good parenting. Go for it, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Depends on which child. There's got, come on, look, hook it up. Well,
0: I don't know. I mean, like if it was one of the twins, I mean, I'd find out right away that if it was one of my bigger kids, I'd probably think they were hiding out with a book trying to get out of helping me with the babies. So I wouldn't notice for a while. <laughs>
1: Well, they should know about the Read Aloud revival so that you could hear them. Yeah. But that's another another parenting lesson. Okay, that's the end of that segment. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Well, you mentioned that you've been blogging for a while. Can you tell us how you got started blogging and what you've learned in the past few years?
0: Yeah, I read blogs, homeschooling blogs for the most part not a lot of big blogs, except for maybe the Pioneer Women, which I think everyone was reading back in 2009. And I was really encouraged by them and loved reading about how other women were doing things in their homes. And I really loved how it made me feel like I was connected to this larger community. And so I started a blog in 2009, just as a way to kind of connect with these other homeschooling moms and keep my family updated with pictures of the kids and whatnot. And that's pretty much how it was for the first five years. It really grew very slowly. I wasn't trying to grow it or anything. And I think I wanted to grow it. But, you know, in hindsight now, from where I sit now, I think the reason I didn't intentionally grow it is because I was afraid that if I set out to do it purposefully, I might fail. And I didn't want to admit to myself that I could fail. So it wasn't until last year when I thought, okay, I'm going to step this up. And I started being more intentional about the things that I was posting I found that my essay style posts that were encouraging to moms who were in the trenches were the ones that spoke best to my readership and that had the best impact and that I enjoyed writing the most. So I really started shifting my blog in that direction and have been doing that ever
1: since. Do it afraid.
0: Doing it afraid. Yes, totally. (laughs) All
1: right. So, Sarah, I mean, there's tons of people that listen to the show. They're thinking, man, I just want to get beyond this hump. I'm in this season where, like you said, you know, several years where you were doing it, but, you know, maybe it could have been better. There could have been more traction. So what's your encouragement to that person who's in that season right now? They're doing the work. It's just not a lot of results yet.
0: I think it pays off the little bit of effort you put into building relationships, even when you have a very small readership pays off in the long run because those become your really loyal readers and your friends. You know, when I think of my readers, the ones that have been around for the last four or five years, I really consider them friends. We've really developed some great relationships. We've had some awesome email conversations and they've helped shape me as a person. They've helped shape the blog and the direction of the blog. So I would say don't scorn the early time, the the time when you've got just a few people who are checking in, take good care of them and really connect with them. And that will take you further than you probably think it could.
1: Oh, I totally agree. And I love how you pointed out that those people are like your friends. I feel the same way. I mean, I'm, There's certain buzzwords like tribe and followers mm-hmm. and things like that. I like the word friends. I think that's a good way to approach it. And if someone who is struggling with growing their numbers, you know, are you treating your people like friends? And uh, yeah, I love that you said that, Sarah. So, Sarah, we are going to start to wrap things up a little bit. I like to always ask my guests, who is doing something that interests you?
0: Oh, uh, Todd Henry at the Accidental Creative. I don't know how I discovered him. I must have heard him on another podcast or something. But boy, I read Die Empty and The Accidental Creative. I've read Die Empty three times. and I've only had it for a wow. couple months. His message is really resonating with me. He is helping people uncover their art and do it afraid, really, I think is a, probably a really good way of describing it. But yeah, he's the one I'm watching everything he's doing.
2: Good deal. Good, good. Sarah, what is the best place for listeners to connect with you online?
0: The best place is right on my blog, which is amongstlovelythings.com. And that's where my home base is. You can get to all my social media. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest, but that's the hub. And then you can always catch podcasts at the Read Aloud. Actually, it's just readaloudrevival.com.
1: Love it. Sarah, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners?
0: Yes. Well, I really feel like I am learning so much from you guys and from all these other great you know, entrepreneurs and writers online about making relationships, forming relationships, and building your business or your brand based on the connections that you build. And that's probably the best advice I think I've had so far. I've got a long way to go. I'm not like your other guests that you have here on Starve the Doubts, but I really feel like the relationships that i formed have been what carried me through and make me want to keep going. And so I thank you for that. And I hope other people feel the same way because I think that's really relationships. That's the key.
1: Awesome. Sarah, Jody, and I really appreciate your time. Best wishes to you and your family and the Read Aloud Revival Nation.
0: Thank you so much, Jared.
1: <laughs> All right. Thanks again. All
0: right. Take care. I really feel like the relationships that i formed have been what carried me through and make me want to keep going. And so I thank you for that. And I hope other people feel the same way because I think that's really relationships. That's the key.